Welcome Spartans to Mission Debrief! We're playing every mission of the mainline Halo video game series in chronological order, discussing our experiences and sprinkling in a little lore along the way. If you'd like to play along and have your thoughts read on the show, email us at podcastevolved at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at podcastevolved on Twitter. We'll be recapping Halo 4 on the next episode. If you'd like to support the show, visit Podcast Evolved on Patreon. This episode, we're debriefing the Midnight Mission and Epilogue from Halo 4. I'm your host, Colin Perkins, alongside David Arnold. Hello, everybody. And Krista Brown. Touch me, Chief. <laughs> he, he doesn't do that, does he? he doesn't no, he doesn't touch, touch your back. What the hell? <laughs> Last mission, the Mantle's Approach exited slip space outside another Halo. Installation 03. Why? The UNSC was researching the composer on a nearby facility, and the didact had his eyes set on obtaining the device that could devastate humanity through digitization. Chief infiltrated the lab and began working with Dr. Sandra Tilson to stop the ancient forerunner from getting his giant murder toy back. <laughs> Despite Chief's best efforts aboard the uh, the Mantises, the Mini Mex Mantises. Uh, wait, did I, did I say Manti last episode? I think it was Manti. Anyway, Mantuses. <laughs> the didact captured the composer, dusted everyone in the lab, and headed towards Earth. This mission is um, midnight. So we have Chief and Cortana load a nuke on a broadsword and chased after the mantle's approach. Flying just below the shields, uh, the shields through slip space, they emerge outside of Earth and reconnect with the UNSC Infinity. However, the didact activates the composer and begins his revenge by digitizing humans in New Phoenix. Our stoic super soldier and failing AI companion fight their way through the Forerunner ship to put an end to the madness. The date of the game is July 25th, 2557. How are we all feeling at this point? David, how are you feeling right now playing this game, playing this mission, starting this mission? What are your emotions? Starting it. Um, my emotions are. Oh man, I totally forgot about the broadsword. <laughs> Did you? How the and hell? I don't know. I just kind of always forget that it's in this mission, and it's just it's cool. It's kind of like it's such a weird segment of the game mm-hmm. where it's just like it feels like a totally different game. Yeah, yeah. like it's on the rails, flying. This is not something I expected to get in Halo, especially not in Halo Four when they gave you the Pelican, and I thought. That's the special vehicle mission in the game. And then you get something else. Like, holy crap, this is cool. And um, it controls weird, but definitely better than the Pelican. Because it's obviously built for this segment of the game. Mm -hmm. um, And and a very kind of unique situation that you you use it in. Uh, It's kind of cool. I like it. Um, It's very... I'm feeling the stakes. Uh, It's kind of cool the way um, the mission kind of just leads off straight away mm-hmm. from um the composer into into midnight you know you just chief loads up gets the broadsword gets the nuke boom flies out yep it's a cool little segment um obviously chief wasn't unconscious for very long if he can do all this and catch up to that's a good point um the direct ship and the composer i can't remember what it's called again the mantle's um, approach the mantle's approach yeah so obviously he was unconscious for maybe seconds minutes yeah. maybe uh, before he gets back up and kind of shoots off after the the mantle's yep. approach and has a kind of cool slip space part what i kind of forgot about this whole segment is you're in slip space doing this mm-hmm. 
Right. It's like it's just such a cool well, moment. Well, it comes out cool, of slip it... space during your fighting as well. Yeah. Yeah, when you get to kind and of then the skybox. The... Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, oh. it's 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 so good. Um, it's the first piece of trivia just because it trolls because it's too afraid we are now. Yeah. It's the um, the only level in Halo Four where there's no covenant uh, or uncounted. Um, oh yeah. The level features the first playable section in the Halo series. It takes place in slip space which is depicted as a bright haze of luminous, predominantly blue-tinted streaks reflecting various colors across the visible spectrum. Uh, this is a departure from the general description of this space in, uh, as pitch-black emptiness. Uh, a similar effect is seen. Um, sorry, give me a some bad scrolling. When the unit see Infinity is seen traveling through slip space in the first episode of Spartan Ops. So, mm-hmm. slight spoiler. Um, although this, this could be uh, an instant of artistic license to make slip space more visually appealing and to convey the movement of ships yeah. traveling within. I feel like if it was um, pitch black, it cool. would be really boring. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it would feel it would look unfinished if the level was just pitch black around mm-hmm. you. True. Um. Anyway, uh, what else was I going to say? Um, it says a boom. Da, 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 da. The effect might also be produced by foreign slip space drive architecture or other trait range of the slip space that have been visible appearance of a bluish fog. A forerunner crystal caused ascendant justice to, to transition into such an alternate slip space. That's kind of stuff from Halo First Strike, mm. which is kind of worth knowing. Right. Um, it's it's cool. Um, I kind of do like the same more than I thought. I die a lot during it because I'm just so aggro. Boost, boost, boost. <laughs> I hit like that control. boost button and yeah. I do not let go. And I will crash into everything, but I'm having such a good time. <laughs> I don't really care. Um, playing this mission on uh, multiplayer is chaos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you we can crash into each other and s- shit, right? Yeah. yeah, you crash into each other all. It makes it so much more difficult okay. on single player. It's so much You fun. have to go one at a time. And like, because like when you're just like competitively crashing into each other to get into the small spaces, it's kind of ridiculous. so. The best part is you get four people, and you're like, "All right, everybody, hold down your trigger, don't let go. <laughs> Whoever makes it to the end wins." Yeah. Um, the only thing is, um, you, it's kind of obvious, but I never really thought about it, and it kind of mentions it in the trivia that um, the broadsword sequence is clearly inspired by the trench run on the Death Star from Star Wars. Oh um, hell yeah! A New Hope. Yeah, so likely Scott John must pilot a one-man fighter through a system of narrowcasms, dodging point-blank defense turrets around the way, and uh, destroy a super weapon. He cannot travel above the surface of the trench because the broadsword cannot survive in slip space, mm-hmm. much as Luke has to stay below the minimum angle of Death Star's surface guns. Both protagonists receive a timely assistance from an allied ship, clearing their path to the objective, uh, which allows them to destroy their respective targets. Mm. So I'm like, oh, there is a lot of uh, overlap between that. Hell yeah. Do you think they did that on purpose? I don't know. Maybe oh, just inspiration definitely. or something. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I like the music but here it, at the very beginning. Oh, that, the theme "Midnight" is amazing. It's, the, it's so good, and it it starts when like after we get past this kind of segment of like the ship, it, another kind of theme plays. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Just the violins at the very beginning. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, very good. So it's, they set the tone pretty well. The the direness, um, and then chasing after the didact and the giant ship. The other thing I was thinking about, you know how the warthog run, warthog run in Halo CE. The ship isn't like long enough for that to actually happen. This ship's long enough. <laughs> exactly. This ship's more than long enough. It can happen now. Why didn't we have a warthog right. run? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, so that's maybe that's why they made it eighty eight what was it, eighty eight kilometers or something crazy? Yeah. Something ridiculous, yeah. yeah. Um I don't 
this is it feels like an arcade game to me all of a sudden it's weird it's do you just like bizarre. Star Fox? Do you like Halo? Play Midnight. <laughs> but right. you can't, you know, again, back to the Long Night of Solace mission, you can't really fly around and navigate much because you're just limited to this plane, this small little plane to go up and down um, within the I mean, once you get mission. to the end of the level, you kind of have a bit more of an open space. But That's true. Yeah, that's true. But leading up to that, I get more frustrated. I think... You know, I, 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 it is cool to start with, but then I get more, more and more frustrated as it goes because I, you know, if I, you can run into the sides pretty easily, and then are the turrets even necessary to destroy? Most of the time, oh not. no, you don't. <laughs> no. Oh no, you can you can blast past them. If yeah. you're on legendary, you kind of have to destroy them because they'll shoot you out of the sky. But on any mm-hmm. other difficulty, I just ignore them. Do you guys have you guys ever played with the score on? Do you know? Because I feel like this would be a fun section. So, to have a high so score I on. have no idea what the score was, but when I finished this, I got the par score achievement, oh, and I'm like, "Oh, okay. that's interesting." <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Very nice. So yeah, I, feel I, like I guess yes. Like, like to see some, you know, it would give you a little bit more. Again, it, we're playing a video game, but then, you know, Halo typically feels like it's a story-driven video game, but this part feels very video gamey to me. Um, you know, a lot about this mission does, but. So I'm, I'm not a huge fan. I think it's cool that you get to fly the, the plane, but it's not my favorite part of the mission. Well, it highlights um, the... Because you're trying to fly closer to the composer to get in. So, I mean, it makes sense on a story mm-hmm. level that this ship yeah. is so big, you literally have to be flying underneath the mechanics of the ship. So you're underneath the shield so that you can get to the composer. Yeah, that's true. I think it's super cool. I'm like, damn, I'm starting at the back of the ship and I got to fly all the way to the front. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So let's talk about the bigger piece. So we get through all of the the turrets and the, I don't know, the ship. And then it, the fi- it does finally open up. Um, once that, you get to that it. open spot. No, actually, before you even get to the open spot, that's when you hear Lasky chime in, right? Well, that's and when you drop out of slip space. and then You drop out of slip space. And everybody's and like, uh, yeah, everybody on Earth amazing. is like, um, excuse me, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> right. Everybody's I mean, just like, what? The didact came for us. Unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah. Lasky talks like there's a whole armada of ships which you think there would be around Earth, but you only ever just see, I think, the Infinity. The... There's a couple ships up Infinity, there. But there are... Well, and you also hear oh, a couple different the... operators oh. talking to you as well. Like you? Orbital Defense really and that. Fleet Com talk to you. Ooh, okay, cool. Yeah, there's a, uh, I forget if it's, if it's Lasky right away, but I think in the script it's listed as just somebody generic. But then Lasky... Lasky chimes in. He says, "Hey, what's up, Chief?" He's like, "Where's <laughs> Where's Del Rio?" It. And Lasky's like, "Oh, they shot Del Rio for leaving. You. <laughs> they shot him right out of slip space. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. dead now. <laughs> we just We just opened the airlock when we we're coming back to Earth and just yeah. pushed him out. No, they it's they a, they, it, they he got what demoted, demoted. kind of. Yeah, like, he got demoted. He said they, yeah. he said something about like the yeah they didn't take kindly to yeah. leaving you behind, mm-hmm. which is a weird thing." Well, if you think I very much got the impression that they didn't care about him any- chief well, anymore. I mean, Infinity wasn't in direct contact with anyone that we know of at that time, but I'm sure if like Paramgoski or anyone had found out that chief was there, they'd be like um that's oh, yeah. like a hun- that's like a $100,000 credit asset. Yeah. Chief like, and Cortana. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's Cortana's a bunch more. more. That's, that's a couple chief. million, I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, we if were talking the- about this in the previous episode where I think 
David, you said about asset denial. That's a typical Halo thing, right? It's yeah. like if you if I can't have it, then you can't have it either. So maybe no one in it. UNSC's mind, like retreating may have been the right thing to do. I think I've I've tried to argue for that a little bit for Del Rio. Like it, it kind of makes sense. Like let's leave, come back when we're ready for it. But then we're also leaving behind this this amazing asset of the UNSCs. And so that's what I think they took issue with. Is like sure save yourself, but like you got to save our guy too. You got to you, you bring the asset back because he's been right. lost for a couple years, and Spartans are indispensable at this point. Like right. Especially Spartan, Spartan 2s, 2s even more so. Yeah, that are just so trained and indoctrinated. Like mm-hmm. the UNSC needs them. Yep. Yeah, that'd be absolutely. like that'd be like Del Rio taking a taking a pelican and just leaving the Infinity in Requiem and just being like, <laughs> "All right, guys, we're go- I'm gonna come back for you. I need to figure this out." And then he comes back. He's like, "Oh no, I just left it there." And they're like, "What? You did? You did what? You did what? <laughs> <laughs> I just left the Infinity." He's like, but I saved myself and my crew, like my five people. Well, we're all saved, yeah. you know? I wanted to make sure that we're doing the right thing. So there's this giant forerunner guy, and there was a couple Spartans that I left behind, and, you know, kill, destroy the universe and all that. And yeah. Just oh, like, look, there's what? a forerunner now. See, I told you. See, there he is. He's just, he's here. Oh, man, he's hitting the city. Ah. Yeah, that's uh, what I came to warn you about. <laughs> oh, what a bummer. Oh, well. <laughs> All right, so we now can you guys describe this a little better than I can? The so when you get into the open area, you actually see the ship close up. The mantle's approach closes. Yeah, so up right above under the you composer. is the composer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's where the didact is. Maybe. Yeah, he, he's down there. The ship closes so that you can't fly your broadsword down in there, and then there's some defenses around, and we got to fly around and shoot, shoot. We got to shoot the orbs more or less. Yes, um, we're taking out we, the AA guns so that mm-hmm. the Infinity can get close enough to do a strike and puncture the uh, puncture the hole so you can get into the closer. So, do you like Krista? Is do you like this portion better than the 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 run up, or oh, is the run up more fun for you? It's hard to separate them, eh? I mean, like honestly, what I do is I go straight. I get the orb in the middle, and then I literally just go around. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I stop and like do any of the open world stuff. I'm just pretty much flying in a straight line anyway. I go to the middle, I go past the middle, and then I start going around and getting all of the yeah. AA turrets. Right. Like, can you like I... flip around? There's no um, acrobatics. No, there's no you tricks can do with or anything. Yeah. I mean, you can mm-hmm. like when I first. No, it's not like a pelican. When I first played it, I like destroyed the turrets and looked at the skybox and all that stuff. But at yeah. this point, I've played this mission so many times that it's just mm-hmm. kind of like get in there, get into the ship, you know, keep going. This is one of the missions that yeah. I want to watch somebody else play because I'd be like, hey, can you just like point the ship up that way so I can look at this cool skybox? Because oh, you never really skybox. do that. You can't. You're so you're so intent on, you know, saving yourself and, and you know, taking out the turrets. David, the how sky, about you? Like, I love the skybox in this because it really gives you the stakes. Like, Earth is pretty much looming over you the entire mm-hmm. mission. So you can always look up. You can pretty much always look up and see, like, that's the thing that... He might destroy, and it's, it's kind of cool. I kind of <laughs> like that place. I mean, right? It's, it's green, pretty and nice blue. place. Yeah, it's got got some color. There's some people on there. <laughs> I know a few people that live here. <laughs> I can see my house from here. <laughs> I can see my house. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. You're good with it, David. I like it a lot. You're I like good? the okay. this segment. Yeah, it's it's grand. It's pretty simple. Do you know what I mean? It's very basic. It's just 
kind of a more open area to kind of get the feel of the ship a bit more um you don't really have any enemies other than turrets so like it's, it's really simple do you know what i mean there's yeah. nothing really much yeah to it's it. not very difficult i don't think i mean maybe on legendary but i don't re- remember even having yeah. that much trouble it's just visually cool mm-hmm. you know yeah and we and, you know one of the cool it. things about halo one of the reasons we pl- continue to play halo and we like it is because they're mission there is mission variety and i feel like mission variety at the very end of the game is pretty uh is, is cool you know i'm glad that they that they added it uh, i'm not crazy about the mechanics of it personally but the fact that it's there you know and, and again playing through halo 4 again if you forgot about it you're like oh yeah i think david you said that like yes let's fly this for a while <laughs> and then and then it's mm. back to shooting yeah, i mean it's not even guys. that long of a section like you can get through this section in like five to ten minutes if you're fast and mm-hmm. you know what you're doing so if it's something you really yeah. don't like you could do that or uh, rally point bravo is literally right after this section yeah so you could skip it entirely if you I, want. Do, I don't i wish they would have done a little bit it almost so you you get the hole blown into the shield or the you know whatever it is so you enter the ship you go and enter the ship and then I don't. I, I never liked this cutscene. This last, this little interstitial here, where like it just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> it like pinches it's you. It's not really it's clear bizarre. what actually. Ha- it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. What what actually like happens. you would so, get like, crushed it, if the thing can't go any further. Right. Yeah, it's like you disable the shields. The infinity shoots its big gun. It makes a tiny hole for you, and then you fly into it, and then it's like great, and just like, and then it, the ship just. It is cool because based on, like, if you've read the Forerunner books, you know that, like, the Forerunner ships can kind of reorganize themselves internally and externally. So, like, it is cool to see that happen, oh, yeah. as I imagine the ship is, like, self-repairing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's not clear how Chief survives and even how most of the ship is intact right. in one piece yeah. at, in, in the next segment. And I guess that's just kind of plot armor, you know? Right. Yeah, Master exactly. Chief has a whole lot of that. <laughs> Yeah, he's so nice. <laughs> but Very he dusts armor. himself off pretty easily there, hops out of, and, and like the broadsword looks like you could probably maybe fly it again. But anyway, the, uh, but he does grab the nuke. Um, what Cortana says now? What right? Like she's she's still going crazy as we've been talking about. She doesn't have an answer, and he's like, "All right, I'm just gonna grab this nuke and attach it to my back, my butt, um, my butt nuke." Yeah. <laughs> is that the same that they do in Reach? Is it the same spot? Yeah, I was just about to Cortana. say that. It's kind of cool. Like, there's some kind of holster, like in Reach especially. Like you see, like magnets being used on their Mjolnir armor to like put their weapons on and you know put stuff on their butt. So they have butt mm-hmm. magnets for some yeah. reason. They're like in case like you need little... to hold something on your butt. Here are butt magnets. Yeah, it's like a little fanny pack. It's kind of, it's Master Chief's fanny pack has nukes in it. Yeah. Exactly. All your important things, you a know, nuke. AIs, nukes. You know, Maybe some scissors. You know, <laughs> just in case. Yes. Don't run Perfect. with them. A, a sharpie. Spartans never run with scissors. <laughs> All right. Um. This is the part. Uh, so. This next section of the game, I'm gonna skip around a lot just to you're aware as a as a listener. Um, it is it's interesting and it uses the portal technology to kind of jump around and you know you're you're leveraging Cortana a little bit here and there. So we're probably gonna go broad strokes in this section. It's um, one of the things I do want to mention right away is is you know you you enter into you're you're in the mantle's approach, but it also feels like every other forerunner room we've been in in the game 
Yep. Yeah. So I also I remember this section once you get up in here and you start shooting some Prometheans and then there is a terminal up here pretty soon in one of these rooms. I thought that this section of the game was like earlier, like one of the you know like the sixth mission or something like that. It, it just feels all the, the same, and I wish they would have done something to make it feel more like somehow the Mantle's approach to differentiate it from the other missions. Did you guys get that same feeling, Krista? Yeah, but at the same time, like, Requiem's the Didax world, and Mantle's approach is the Didax ship, so it makes sense that it had similar architecture. Mm-hmm. Just in general, like... Yeah, I mean, it feels forerunnery. I guess I don't know what they could have done, but it just felt this, you know, more it's very more, same, like more of the same that we've been doing already. And you know, it gets I think better as the mission goes on. Like this is yeah. all the corridors and stuff will always look the same. Right. Um, all right, so I'm not really going to talk through this area here. There's knights and there's watchers. I think there's some crawlers here and there. Um, like I said, do get the the terminal here. We'll talk about that towards the end. But you eventually get to a spot where Cortana says that she can um, access the portal system of the ship to to hop around. And now we're really just going from portal to portal um, to get our way to the um, to the composer into that main room, which is actually below where we were just flying around. And so I guess that kind of makes sense too, right? So you you they blew a hole into that big you know the big shield. Um, the big barrier, and then you are... Meanwhile, you're still kind of close to the composer, just thinking about, like, how big this ship is, right? This thing's enormous. Um, but we hop around some portals, and we're kind of hopping around those portals within this same area. Um, David, how how do you like the, the portals and, and kind of this, this next section here? Are you are you into it? Or is it is it kind of like uh, this final grind? Fun. It makes sense for given that the fact that you imagine the ship is ginormous and you're one little man running around it. So, like, it makes sense to kind of get around the important areas of the ship that it would have an internal portal structure, and I'm glad it does that instead of, like, a slow-ass elevator or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's This part of the game is, like, not my favourite in terms of I don't like fighting Prometheans. I've said that already, and you this they give you some kind of ammo and weapons for like a very bizarre reason why they're there but there's a segment where like you enter a room and it's got like plasma grenades plasma rifles but BRs it's got a carbine in there carbine a gravity hammer um did it explain that like why you have no stuff i no no it's just there's a room full of stuff random weapons here what do you grab Um, what do you grab in that room I've generally mixed it up. I oh, I think the BR and uh, the gravity hammer is worth it just for there is an achievement for killing like five crawlers with one blast of the hammer. So oh, okay. Oh, and it's it really good that. for that crawler part too. God yeah, damn, yeah. that crawler um, part makes me so also angry. It, it, it's just fun to kill things with the hammer in general. So like, it's kind of fun to set it up against Prometheans. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of it, really. I mean, it's it's fine. Do you know what I mean? You kind of I kind of move through it. I um. I was playing in Heroic, I died a lot, because um, yeah. I was just rushing, yeah, and especially here. when you get to um, the Prometheans with like, the heavy weapons, when they have like the binary rifle and the incinerator cannon, which is awesome. I do love the... Dude, the, the incinerator mm, cannon the is so hard cannon. to dodge, though, because of the splash damage. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It has a wide blast of the kind of the thing that is launched. The projectile itself is quite large. And then when it strikes, it explodes and splashes. Um, I've killed myself numerous times. Oh, um, sure. By shooting it too close to enemies and stuff. And yeah. Just clipping the edge of a surface. And then it just explodes in front. And I recently found out that you can also do that with 
the um, splinter grenades. So I killed myself numerous times, oh, but then just yeah. going yep. off right in front of me. And I was like, damn mm, it. Yep. Yeah, uh, I get caught on um, environment a lot here, too, like trying to get out of the way with those splinter yeah. grenades going off. So, yeah, it's challenging. It feels, I mean, it feels like one of the harder areas, which it should, right, at, towards the end of the game. But it is, it's more fighting Prometheans. And if you're not a fan of fighting Prometheans, it does get a little annoying after a while. Um, one of the things I think I mentioned in one of the last episodes is I was expecting there to be one more armor ability and maybe it isn't here and I just don't know where it is, but there's a health regen armor ability that we haven't gotten in the campaign yet. And it's, um, when you activate it, 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 it lights up like a green little aura around you and, and regenerates your health. I didn't find it in this mission. I don't know if it's earlier in the game or not. I know it's in multiplayer. Um, it exists in Halopedia, so it's there. It must be but... a Forge World item or something, because I've mm-hmm. never really... I don't remember using it. I didn't play a lot of Halo 4 multiplayer, but I don't know. Yeah, Where maybe it's know? in this the armor room that we talk about, too. But again, I just didn't... I, w- I was probably going through it too quickly and just didn't notice it. Because I feel like those armor mods, or, or whatever they're called, armor abilities, are easier to to miss than others. Because they they're not really apparent. They're just little, I don't know little devices that are just on there. the ground most of the knights yeah. drop them though yeah krista what did you grab in that armor room or in the armory i grabbed a carbine and a binary rifle nice <laughs> i love that I, I think i grabbed a carbine too and then what did i go with there was a grab hammer i was super tempted but um what else did i grab i think i grabbed the incinerator cannon too yeah i think that sounds like something i would do <laughs> <laughs> they give you a fair yeah, amount of binary cannon. rifle ammo throughout this uh mission did you use that did you save it for the next section or did you use it here when we're doing the portal jumps i pretty the... much carried it through the out the uh, last half the rest of the game first oh, the did? mission oh, yeah nice i did that with the incinerator cannon i actually found loads of ammo more than i thought there would could be yeah there's a couple mission. battle cool. wagons or you know yeah that have them so all right are we good on this section or do you want to talk any through anything else we're just jumping around portal oh wait let's talk about the crawler room so a- no. it's soon after the, <laughs> soon after the armory <laughs> um we get to the random room where so and I, there's a little exposition but it's not super clear i guess like why we're all of a sudden defending this one spot i think we're still trying to track down the didact and cortana's having trouble doing that but um, there's a room where there's a couple turrets that are all of a sudden on our side, and then there's just it's just a bunch of crawlers, and we have to hold this area for I don't know a couple minutes. The didact's and... cloaking the composer from her. Okay, and so we're still trying to to track that down. There's a Promethean so, right away so... in this area, and then yep. you take it out, and then it's just a crawler crawler zone. Crawler just central. like a million crawlers, <laughs> and then Cortana yeah. like summons like defense turret defense turrets but like one at a time eventually you get yeah. to like five of them but so slow and then there's like 50 million crawlers and it's awful if you don't have a shotgun and on yeah. legendary it's just a nightmare yeah i was gonna say legendary yeah, the auto turret here is kind of useful um just to have like a different thing to aggro the enemies well and also and it like eat off you like you always know which way the crawlers are coming from. If you're finishing off like some from the left, you can you know that some are coming straight down for you because the auto turrets are firing that way. True, it's mm-hmm. great. True, but I hate this section so much. Yeah, it's just bizarre. I mean, again, it, it, which is weird because we both like 
fighting crawlers or destroying crawlers. So this is a whole room full of them. Like they they throw a lot. On on normal and heroic, it's fine. Like I'm fine with this room. I think it's really fun. I think the auto turrets are super cool. It's literally just my experience on legendary that's kind of soured it for me. Yeah, me too. Because they also some legendary summons a bunch of binary rifle ones as well. Oh yeah, and those will one shot. Those will one shot you on legendary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing I noticed before we move on, I guess it, it's it's relevant further, but watchers are a pain in this whole mission. Oh, they always pain the whole game, man. I feel like I'm trying to target them, and I'm just the the um, ballistics or the, the actual bullets of the forerunner weapons are just like just miss them. So I'm like trying to trying to aim ahead, and then they, they kind of skirt out of the way. I don't know. It's just they seem really difficult to hit in this area. This whole mission. They're good right, at hiding. So, yeah, and they do hide behind all the pillars in this next area. Um, okay, so now we've talked about the portal section now. If you guys don't have anything to add, should we move on? Move no, on I think we're good. Section? Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the next section. So this is kind of the final stage. And um, I think we do poop, pop um, Cortana in to a console. Oh, we got to go up a grav lift, and then we... we um, pop her into a console and then she finds so now you like actually see this giant room and you're underneath um where we entered and we we take a man cannon which have we done any man cannons in this game i don't uh, not really remember uh, any. nope yeah this is just a little bit kind of like um halo 3 yeah a little or is it halo 2 halo 2 i think when you actually at the end of the game you kind of go through a man cannon on the oh, way yeah. to the, whatever like the ship the ship Oh, right, The dreadnought. Yeah. Um, the dreadnought, Oh, yeah. isn't that the... That's just a green beam thing, though, right? At the very end? Yeah, man cannon man cannon mm. can, 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 man <laughs> I think man <laughs> cannon is mostly in, in uh, multiplayer. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so you take this huge jump, and they maybe they say something about low gravity, and, and they justify how you can, you know, make this jump. But anyway, you get pulled all the way to this center section here, and um you see disco didact the didact it really is he's He's having a disco he's doing like a little dance in the disco it's great (laughs) right in the middle of the room (laughs) yeah he's doing he's doing that in a big orange disco ball and yeah so we see we see him doing his thing and there's some shield generators that we decide that we need to take care of we pop cartana in the console and she says you're not gonna like this Uh oh and things happen Lots of screaming. here. Yeah. Um, let's see. It says, she says, I ejected. So she starts to split in half in, in, in I guess, multiple times. So all of a sudden, there's a bunch of Cortanas, and then they dis- they disappear. And she says, I uh, eject. I ejected my rampant personality spikes into the system. If I do that at each of those beams, so those two beams that you see, the copies can overwhelm the composer's shielding, and then thus giving us access to the to the didact so she's it sounds painful sounds painful and she's more or less because she's going nuts um she's not feeling so well she's like all right we got to defeat him i'm just going to do everything in my power to actually you know to take him down we've seen this i think we've talked about this in previous episodes but we've seen where ais copy themselves oh yeah they do it all the time the books right but yeah but they're not right and they're well to do yeah, 
And it's usually where then an AI, it's like a copy or like a section of their cells that they leave behind and some to like do some things that need to be done. Meanwhile, like the rest of the AI is is taken with the the team on a mission. And then but they just she's... resync themselves like you'd resync to a cloud or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But uh, Cortana says, you know, like the only way to defeat to defeat Didact in this instance is to try to overload the system with a ton of Cortanas. <laughs> which is super well actually it's a ton of crazy cortanas <laughs> yeah yeah which is yeah interesting to think about but all right let's talk about talk about this main room here um essentially what we have to do is then go jack her into the the two beam pylons on either side you can go left you can go right i usually go left i went left this time also what do you guys don't really do oh, I the counters left. are set i'm always right what? you're always right okay yeah, I'm always going right. I believe the encounters are set depending on wh- which way you go. So you're going to meet the same resistance, you know, on, on either side. But we have to kind of hop around these platforms. And we do another man cannon, right? Or is it a portal? No, I think it's... It's man cannons between, it man like, cannon, yeah. place Yeah, to man place. cannons. Yep, so we man cannon on over. And then um, our platform kind of forms itself in front of us. Um any i guess any thoughts like this part is a pain it's just a slog yes it is it's really yeah. just some a of these slog. are real tough yeah the more, the more i talk about this like it's it's a good difficult mission but like the story beats of this mission i really like oh the but, didact's like, the talking gameplay, to you and cortana yeah. and the didact are pretty much non-stop talking to you which mm-hmm. is actually the highlight of this mission is just the story arcs that are forming kind yeah. of leading up to the finale of this like the gameplay itself is just like okay i'm shooting things it's difficult though i mean you need to be good at what you're doing if you want to beat it on certain levels um but you also need to be smart too yeah and if you if you you know again like most of halo unless you're playing the against the flood if you take your time you can kind of hide off on the side sure crawlers will come around corners and, and hunt you down a little bit and maybe watchers will but if you're smart you're not getting any more spawns. You just need, you know, you have a set number of enemies that you need to, to defeat. So just be smart and, and take your time and take out the watchers so they don't revive yeah. your shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's the what's worst good, part. What's your weapon combo here, Krista? What are you using uh, for the most part? You said binary. This, yeah, I think at this point I ran out of carbines, so I'm, I was just picking up light rifles as I could. And if I ran out of light mm-hmm. rifle ammo, I would pick up the Prometheus. The Promethean uh, auto rifle, whatever that's called. Oh, right. Yeah. Suppressor. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just went between those two. And of course, I always had my binary rifle as my second. Suppressors, there's a lot of long range in this mission. And so suppressor, I wasn't having a ton of luck with. I mean, you'd have to run up. Yeah. Especially for the watchers. Suppressors are just. That's why it's a last kind of ditch weapon mm-hmm. when you got nothing else and there's else, a bunch of ammo for it, it at all times like yeah and yeah. they had well, a fair amount of light rifle ammunition it was just sometimes between the boxes i'd run out of ammunition because i would literally just sit on the lower level and snipe everything up top and then oh, i'd run sure. out of ammunition yeah. and then i'd have to run up and get some mm-hmm. but did you go back to are you heroic full-time now or did you do legendary this? uh no i did heroic okay but uh i gotta say like the way the I've been complaining about this the whole time, but you know, just picking up the suppressor reminded me of how different the weapons, the Promethean weapons, are from Halo Four and Five. 
So oh, since yeah. I'm going back and forth between those quite often right now, it's just like I pick up the binary rifle and expect something completely different. Mm-hmm. Huh. David, what's your weapons weapons of choice here? I had the same pretty much light rifle until it ran out in a suppressor, and I kept my incendiary cannon for like the any kind of battle wagons yeah. or the dudes with shotguns that showed up. Yep. Anything that I just couldn't handle, I uh, popped one of those off. Because it's a one-hit kill, so it's pretty good. Yeah, and you could take out multiple, which is nice. I think I did the same uh, incinerator cannon. I really wanted to have the shotgun, and I think I, I had it for a while, but it's not super effective for this because it is such a big, wide-open area. And you got to get really close to those battle wagons. Yeah. yeah, and I hate wasting shotgun ammo on crawlers. It's just, just <laughs> like, ugh, I don't, I don't want to do that, so I'll try to punch them. Or, but yeah, yeah, I need to switch it up. So suppressor and then light rifle for me with the incinerator. Are there any other UNSC? I mean, it wouldn't make sense, but are there any other UNSC weapons? Oh, no. To be no, had? it's just that no, one Just that cash. battle rifle. The yeah. rest is Forerunner, which is nice. It, like, forces you... Like, if you're someone who hasn't really been playing with the Forerunner weapons all game, it kind of mm-hmm. forces you to play with them and get good at them really fast. And it makes, like, canonical sense, really. Yeah, yeah. it'd be kind of weird to have, like, a UNSC uh, crate full of stuff in yeah. the middle of this. I will say, I appreciate when you get out of the broadsword, you start off with a saw. I'm like, hell yeah, yeah. give me that saw. (laughs) It does not last very long, though. It lasted me, like, those corridor rooms, and then it was gone. Yep, pretty much the same. What's the total clip size? I think you get, like, four or five complete clips out of it. Oh, I don't think you get that much at all, Chris. I would say three. Three or four? I think, like, it doesn't have max ammo. Like, max ammo gets you definitely four or five but this game the mission doesn't start you with max oh, yeah. you, get maybe you can only reload clips. it fully like three times yeah i think fires through the ammo so fast oh yeah 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 it does mm-hmm. especially on the harder difficulties you almost gotta like use it kind of like a shotgun like get up close mm-hmm. and then empty it into a face yeah mm. they're good for the knights though this final area is also very long you know it's and it, so it, it does towards the end it kind of does feel a little tedious and i, I feel like Every time I've played this mission, I find myself trying to rush through it because I know what I need to get to, but um, you have to, you know, it's it's a long road to actually do that, and I'm, I'm finding myself taking chances and more risks than I need to, and um, it probably takes longer because I'm doing that instead of taking my... If I just took my time to start with, I would have gotten through the mission faster. But um, any any of the interesting things that Didact... I mean, he's mostly ch- ch- um, chirping off the same stuff we've heard um he was interested i think at one point that he, we were and this might have been towards the beginning of the mission but that we didn't get composed that was the first thing he says to you yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um that it shouldn't be possible he's interested he's very interested in cortana when she enters the system they kind of have a yeah he's got a great a great kind of line there of like um also this is the secret you've been keeping yeah, from me right um this advanced ancilla even your this no devolved, devolved or something that he's like yeah a real kind of smart but he says but curiously evasive she evades she me, me which i thought yeah. was cool she eludes me yeah, yeah. yeah and he also talks about how she's broken and stuff like that and you know he's just he's just kind of talking shit the whole time but in an awesome didact way where it's like it's, yeah, it's yeah. like when uh it's like when a really smart person calls you stupid, but it sounds like a compliment, and you're like, oh, that's really nice of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep using big words. Yeah, they he's sound really it's cool. just like, oh, wow, this guy's really <laughs> smart. Oh. 
Okay, should we get to this last section now? Are we there already? Uh, let's talk oh about when uh, the didact, because uh, I think it's the third or the fourth one that you pour Cortana into. The didact oh. activates the composer. That's right. And yeah, yet, that's still you fail. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yes. Also, active- also talking about like, you know, Earth being our home and stuff. They fire it right out of right at my uh, the town where I grew up, Phoenix. <laughs> Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Is that what you oh, Yeah, Arizona. Did you notice it was the United States right away? Yeah. Or America? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Took I'm like, oh, that's, like, that's uh, Arizona. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'd be dead right now. Yeah. So that's great. Having a good time. You'd be dusted. Uh, um, he is in the middle of the beam. Yes. Which well, is he weird. can't be composed. Right. But and I would imagine that's kind of like terminals. a... Yeah, yeah. He says mm-hmm. he can't be composed anymore. But at the same time, that just might be like a terminal. Like, he might just be like... Yeah, there was a there was a terminal sequence about that, about him being immune now, mm-hmm. because of whatever they did. Also, to him. that just might be whatever where the controls the are. He might he might like the bubble because there's a big orange bubble around him. That might just be something shielding him from the composer's beam or something like that. Oh yeah, definitely. Because didn't Cortana says like we have to deactivate that because otherwise the nuke won't even yes. penetrate yeah. that yeah. shield. Yeah, so it is a shield. So, like, yeah, yeah. The and original then... plan is because like the composer, the didactic is with the composer. Cortana says, hey, we can take them both out at the same time. Let's do it. Yes. And that is that is because he's kind of having a disco party there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, man. I need to, like, just stare at him dancing up there. You Once you enter the room, like, zoom into him with whatever weapon you have, he's having a disco party. He's having a <laughs> real good time at the disco right now. <laughs> but uh, once the didact shoots that off, it definitely hires the stakes. And also Cortana, he, like... Uh, vaporizes the terminal Cortana was in, so you can't take her back out now. Oh, right, yeah. So now she's just in yeah. the system. And then she whispers to you, and it's really creepy. Yeah. Place oh, totally. The in the core. I yeah, that's not. It's like, did uh. You, <laughs> did you notice? So underneath him is a slip space portal or something like yes, that? Yes, so right underneath you is this like big slip space well in the middle of the ship. Uh, is that what's powering the composer maybe or do you guys know why maybe it's siphoning there? power from the slip space engine i don't i don't know it's like there's because uh like after all this happens and stuff like that they they call it a slip space portal like that's mm-hmm. below us i i mean at I the same time it's for it's forerunner it. technology and we don't know what the hell's going on but it right. also might be like yeah. there's actually like a huge like hub with all of these composers in it so maybe it's a slip space portal that's like i don't know connecting to the main hub of all of the composer energy or something like that i don't know mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense i'm confused but there's a slip space portal yeah anyway that'll come into play here in a little bit but uh it's it's it is interesting that i think cortana just mentions it and it's like hey there's a slip space event under the composer so yeah, there's got to be. There's, I'm sure there's some expo- explanation out there, but we just didn't. We didn't bring that to you today. Today's episode. We're not we'll scientists. Yes. Yeah. We'll <laughs> so yeah, we we start to get whispered at, and then um, how do we get to the middle again? So she does another do man, man cannon? cannon for you, and then you oh, get right. to the middle that middle bridge. Yep, the, the yeah. hard light bridge. And now we have our final encounter with the didact and this is this is one of those things that also like all right so we get to do a little movie slash quick time event would you guys have done like would it have been more interesting to do a 
one-on-one -on -one battle with the didact i don't even know what how what that i would wish be, it was so powerful i wish it was something closer to what we did in like halo 2 with the like prophets where they kind of like float around and shoot at you or something mm -hmm. i don't know if i'd like that because the didact is so beefy powerful that like it doesn't really make sense that john would stand up to him in that environment and he totally bosses him out of it as you can as you expect mm -hmm. i don't know like just like a bullet sponge type boss here right. i don't think that would have been as satisfying but like the qte itself wasn't really satisfying mm -hmm. but like what happened was was kind of dramatic you know yeah. but it didn't feel like you were in control it could have just been a cutscene. sure know? i don't know well in the killed we've talked about it um they killed truth with a cutscene, and everybody seemed okay with that I, I think i asked that question and that's a really good cutscene, right so yeah i think they could have yeah We've already killed a prophet, and that was kind of cool. Right. But um, the prophets also weren't also prophet good enemies anyway, the because the prophets were just no. They're not physical enemies no. in the, in the same way. They're, they're basically in a before. wheelchair. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I would have been nice nice to have seen Chief, you know, get his ass handed to him and have to like do something to think outside mm -hmm. the box, other than just like approach the didact with a gun and then immediately be get disabled. You know? Yeah. It it didn't seem like he had much of a plan other than walk towards the didact and the end of his life. <laughs> the didact has really good uh, like, uh, really good comebacks here though. You persist too long after your own defeat. It's like damn. Yeah. He's yeah, he pretty much plays John down real hard here. It's pretty cool. Did we talk about why he has telekinesis? He's a Jedi. Duh. <laughs> uh, duh. Um, we just talked about Star Wars. You know, yeah. he's in the Death Star. Um, there. I wouldn't say it's telekinesis as opposed to Can you like, it's a gravity like thing or something. Some kind of gravity thing, I guess. Yeah, I I got this sense that yeah, I don't really know. It, it's not telekinesis. We know because it's never been mentioned before in right. Foreigner. It's just got to be some kind of technology that allows them to like. Same thing allows him to fly essentially. Right. Um, I would, it's allowing him to do this. I would also because there's every time he does that, there's like some kind of energy radiating radiating off of everything, and you've seen that kind of there same is. energy radiating radiating off of the cryptum and stuff too. So mm -hmm. it might just be some kind of forerunner technology that's supposed to help you lift objects or something like that. Yeah, some kind of anti grav thing. Mm -hmm. I, I imagine it's yeah. never um, expressed in any of the forerunner books though. No, I think there might um, be a line somewhere. I was I was looking into it a little bit, and I didn't write it in my notes, but there, well, there might be a. Why does the didact have Jedi powers? <laughs> yeah. Um, what were you gonna say? There is two kind of interesting things here. Um, the didact had the following lines cut from his confrontation with John: "You have challenged my authority, and for what? A child race unfit to bear the mantle of responsibility oh. for the galaxy." Oh. Um. A, Apparently, his model still melts the words, but it's hidden by the camera angle of the shot. Mm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. All right, should we just get into this cutscene then, or this, uh, yeah, this event thing that happens? Dude. I do like the hard, like the the um, bridge. You know, that's something that's something that's persistent through Halo. So the whole hard light thing is is pretty cool. They don't really talk about it that much. I think it's mentioned here and there. They the talk about hard walk. light the first time you see it in Halo CE. In Halo yeah. CE, right. yeah. They explain what it is you're looking And then it's it. never talked about again. It's just like, now yeah. that's canon. We never have to explain yep. it. Yeah, It's just hard thing. light, guys. You know, like in Halo Duh. CE, we explained it then. It's a, And it's a good explanation of what it is. It's just hard it's light. Hard light, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty easy. 
Um, that would be pretty cool if we could have that technology, wouldn't it? Like hard light. We could do so many cool things. Anyway, all right, David, do you want to walk us through this thing, this event, this thing that happens? Yes. So, um, your man cannoned over. You land in front of the, the direct onto the, sorry, onto the hard light bridge. You see Chief working forward with a, a weapon he shouldn't have. Um, any, but he has a weapon. I can't remember. Is it a BR or I think AR? it's an AR. Yeah, AR, yeah. Um, interestingly, he's also showed with an AR at the very start cutscene when he it's gets a, out of the broadsword, but he, oh, it's he, a BR? he doesn't have one. Is okay. it a BR? Okay. So you, he could have anyway, picked he that up at that one room, right? Yeah, he, does, he doesn't have It's one. easier to animate. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, he's walking forward, sees the, kind of the didact in the beam, and then the beam kind of brightens a little bit, and he loses track of the didact. Didact starts talking, and John is kind of looking around trying to find him, and that it just floats behind him and just Super kind of grabs speed. him with his anti-grav beam. And that's pretty much end of the fight. There you yep. go. Um, <laughs> he kind of he's walking down the hard light bridge, and he kind of has John suspended over the chasm, and it's pretty much that's just when you get scolding to see, like, the here. big um, space portal and stuff. Yeah, right underneath. So um, he pretty much just says about um, what's it said? You're you should be Humanity's thankful, grateful for your imprisonment. Is a yeah. kindness, which is an awesome line. Given that what Cortana does, Cortana shows up through the light bridge, and then several of her pop up through the light bridge, and then she just has this excellent one line of "Then you won't remind if we return the favor," and she just kind of dives into him. Well, and then he and says, then "Your the compassion for her. mankind is misplaced." Is misplaced. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, she, she says, "I'm not doing this for oh. mankind," and then she just kind of dives yeah. at him. Oh my like, heart, oh, yes. my heart. <laughs> So she kind of grabs him in different areas, and that dis- disrupts his anti-grav beam. And John, who is nowhere near the light bridge and should have fell to his doom, right. grabs nicely the end. just just within the light bridge. But like the angle of that is all wrong. Like he should not have been able. He was nowhere near the light bridge. Semantics. Right. But anyway, he grabs onto <laughs> the bridge with one hand very dramatically. The camera sh- looks down at John in the chasm, and then the kind of didact is kind of being held down by Cortanas and this beam in this in this light uh, on the light bridge. Did you notice there was to... there were seven Cortanas? Do you guys notice that? Oh, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, as John, you have to, I'm using air quotations, control him. <laughs> um, as you climb, you just have to push sticks that prompt on the screen, essentially. Mm-hmm. Just hit, to basically crawl your just way. crawl and then hit the grenade button a million yeah. times. But the first thing you, you see, crawl. though, is Earth. So you come to, and first you person, you see Earth getting composed. Well, but, you, you well, glance yeah, at yeah, it. You don't look you're at holding it very home. long. Yeah. You look down no. and then you, you look kinda up. You kind of get up. And then you yeah. get up. Yeah. It's it's kind of cool to think that like the beam is shooting up but down onto Earth. So you're standing and then if you look up, you're kind of looking down on Earth. It's kind of weird because of space and stuff. But I thought, thought that was cool. Well, you can't think about show you ups and downs it's in space. It gets too complicated. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. But um, you climb up the bridge. You pull out a splinter grenade, which is huge. It's a giant John's block. Hand. Yeah. And then um, you kind of sprint towards the didact and slam him with um, the splinter grenade. He then immediately knocks you away and knocks you aside. And then picks you up and pretty much is about to kick your ass um, when the splinter grenade goes off so does he, inside him. Does he put it inside his just, armor? Is that what he does? He just sticks it yeah, to I his side. I don't know. He sticks, it looks like it went into his chest, but yeah, it's it's there somewhere. It's in him. Didact doesn't seem to care. It blows up. And Didact falls off the stream. And into yeah maybe not but like he falls into the um the slip space mm-hmm. never to be 
Uh, except for like three days later. Except for like we'll talk about that. But anyway, (laughs) yeah. Um. So yay! Congrats, John has won. Uh, except the earth is still being composed at this moment so like you there is a sense of urgency here Um, you crawl with john as you crawl towards the nuke which is conveniently um still on the light bridge you crawl towards it and then you pretty much get a prompt which is just to well you turn it on and then opening he turns on and he looks up and then he just punches it looks down and just punches the bomb and you get oh i love that i love Mm -hmm. him looking up and seeing like i can't I can't wait for this to go off. It needs to go off now. Like, he... Mm-hmm. That's him pretty much giving up everything. I mean, in any other yeah. circumstance, he would be dead. I'm pretty sure he, he knew that anyway. When The fact that the nuke... Yeah, well, <laughs> the, when when he took the nuke from the, um, the wreckage, it was pretty much that you're going to have to detonate it manually. Yeah. So I'm pretty much sure that was the plan from the beginning. And then the kind of screen fades to black. Or white even. Oh, and then and, sadness. Um, oh, no. Then sadness. Then mm-hmm. you have essentially light bridge beam all kind of around it's you. Like and John board. kind of wakes up. It, like he's still crouched on the ground. Uh, quote unquote ground. But there's nothing around him. He kind of stands up. Starts calling for Cortana. Um, she doesn't answer. And he turns around and she's like standing there. Yeah. Like, like uh, life size. Actually standing there. Yeah. And there's a pretty sad moment now of some of the dialogue here oh, is really I'm the thing emotionally. You've seen all day. Yeah, is that, the, is that what she leads with? Uh, yeah, he says because yeah. he's like how he says how dot dot dot, and then she says, "Oh, I'm the strangest thing you've seen all day," which is great. The hard light in the background looks like the Matrix, by the way. It does. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of it's it's pretty much he's pretty much surrounded by Cortana at this point. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. It's yeah. it's pretty much yeah. some a kind of shield that Cortana made, probably with the light bridge or something like that. With hard light. But yeah, that's probably I imagine she all of used Cortana's the light matrixes that you're seeing. Well, the same way that Cortana like came up out of the light bridge, I imagine she like used it to like bring John in mm-hmm. and kind of hold him within slip space. Well, you know, like when you're in slip space, quote unquote, you're like outside dimensions and you're kind of safe. Yeah. So it could be some of that as well i mean there's well, a lot of things going put him on into in slip, the put him into a pocket dimension while the ship blew up and then yeah. brought him back so this is them in the pretty pocket much. dimension if that's what happened yeah and she pretty much says that you've done it you've won like you always do um you've saved everyone and he's like we've saved everyone and she says oh unfortunately you have to go but i have to, i can't go with you I have to stay mm-hmm. and he's like no you have to go we're going together and he doesn't understand and she's like no you don't understand it's already done um, most of me is down there. I just held a little bit back. So most of her is still out. on the mantle's approach. Is that what she means? Yes. Yeah. I think so, but I think there's whatever happens here and now. There's comic strip about like how she gets access to the domain. So I don't know if she was doing some of that while she was doing everything else. Mm. Did she use somehow here? Obviously, the mantle approach is completely obliterated, so it doesn't make sense that she survived on any of those fragments, yeah. as opposed to she, the bulk of her must have went somewhere. Yeah. I feel and like so this is just she a got personality matrix that he's talking to. Possibly a, a fragment, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but as the you know, as the player, like this is kind of the last encounter with with Cortana, as far as we know. I mean, it's it's the little send off, and then she she touches his chest. 
I've always wanted to do that. Because I always wanted to do that. Um, There is a... So during the recording of the ending scene, a line spoken by Cortana was removed from the final version. The line was, I used to love watching you sleep. Waiting for you to wake up made me feel like anything could happen next. I remember that. Mm. Yeah. That's a little too stalkery though, yeah. Yeah, it's a little stalkery. I think that's why they cut it. But is it super... Mm. Like, when does he sleep? And when is she jacked Uh, in? Between Halo 3 and 4. Oh, okay. She was there watching him for four years. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jen Taylor remained unaware of Cortana's fate until just after the last recording she did with Steve oh. Downs. Oh, really? I thought that was so pretty that cool. Emotion was there. Mm. Isn't that good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, something I love ahead. about this cutscene is just John's body language is so like you can tell that he can't deal with whatever emotions he's feeling right now. He's constantly looking down, looking away, like not making mm-hmm. eye contact. You can tell that whatever he's feeling right now, he has absolutely zero way to emotionally handle this like spartans have zero emotional stability and it's just they do a very good job at at uh, executing that through his body language mm-hmm. like yep. i i i really i like this because like this cutscene is really awkward in a good way because this would be awkward because Chief yeah. doesn't know what to do. Chief totally. doesn't know what to say. You know, sure. Cortana obviously is very confident when in what she's saying and you know what she's doing, but Chief is just so awkward, which I really like because it he would be. I mean, it's really uh, telling to the character he is and how he can't anything involving emotion or human interaction or anything like that. It's just way beyond what he's capable of. And Halo doesn't have no, a something Yeah, Halo doesn't have a ton of cheesy dialogue probably because Chief just doesn't talk much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, majority of his lines are just Cortana. You know, that's the majority yeah. of what he says. That's so, the majority um, of what he says here, too. Wait, right. no, Cortana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then she kind of fades. She, she fades. She, you know the, um, wait, do you know the Homer yeah. meme where he, like, like fades oh, yeah, into the yeah. bushes? He fades yeah. into the bushes. That's it's kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> she fades. So Cortana yeah. goes, and then you kind of slowly re enter the kind of debris stream and then it kind of fades to white mm-hmm. again and then John is just there floating in space oh. in around the debris of Mantle's approach. The way she the de- it just Yeah. The way so she awesome. delivers just, Welcome like, he, Home, John always like kills me. I'm like, oh yeah. my God, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also it's not his home. I mean technically like Reach is gone, so all of those assets have been moved to Earth anyway, but Earth is technically like Halo has this thing where Earth is home to any human, basically. Because Lasky like in the next cutscene, Lasky says he always thinks of Earth as home even though he's never really been there. And I think that's just tying up that point that like it's not Chief's home, quote unquote, but like he does everything he does for humanity, which I guess is home i mean this yeah. is a home world um, of humanity so technically every human yeah. descends from earth here day tyree yeah yeah true well can we before we go on to, so is the next part the epilogue is that yes. what or yeah this okay. is the end yeah. of midnight well john gets picked up by a telekin and then it's him on the that's part of the, the that's part, that's of, the part of the epilogue the epilogue yeah is yeah. it all right okay, okay. all right so let's just kind of close here and just uh, any other thoughts about didact the fight just it seemed I don't know. You know, we talked about, like, how else would you do this fight? The whole thing with the didact to me is it's one of those... It's kind of one of those tropes where... He's too powerful to use. He's too powerful. 
and he just just ignores John even though he knows John's doing stuff. Like he could have just gone at any point, just paused what he was doing, dealt with John, and then continued on, but he doesn't for whatever reason. And that's there's video games and science fiction and all that sort of stuff to deal with. But it seems like I, I was I, I was trying to figure out like what his justification would have been. Maybe at some point he's like, Okay, this guy is chasing after me. Maybe he's gonna learn something and then maybe he's gonna actually join my side at some point. Maybe that's why he doesn't kill him. But he never actually tries to convince him to join his side. He's just berating him throughout the entire game, more or less. Like you, you know, you idiot, humans are so small and petty and like, you know, they don't really mean anything to me. So his motivation or I guess his motivation is clear what he wants to do, but his rationale around ignoring John is is just, you know, playing this again and again and again and reaching it here now after we played the, you know, all of the games. It's just a little bizarre that he would have, you know, their explanation of it was pretty much nothing. It's just kind of this trope of a super overpowerful guy getting defeated by circumstance um, at the tail end of the game. I don't know. Any other thoughts on, on kind of that line of thinking, David? Are you are you okay with this? Like how the Didax gets taken care of? Um, well, I, I don't really know. I mean, they would have had to done it together through some elaborate means anyway. Yeah. It wasn't going to be a firefight. Do you know what I mean? It just it wasn't. Uh, it didn't make sense. For someone like Tartarus, do you know what I mean? It does make sense. He's just a brute mm-hmm. and he's it kind of it did it made more sense than he would directly conflict that i mean you can see spartans going up against brutes and winning do you know what i mean that makes sense um given how they what they built the dialect to be and how they built him up mm-hmm. it i didn't feel like a spartan should is on par to actually physically take him down no. so it would have to have done something yeah. and this is what they did it just didn't feel it felt like you said kind of circumstantial um the other but thing that you like to think that maybe Cortana knew more than Jupe was telling on purpose. True. The other thing that it got me thinking about is the didact and or I guess the foreigners and humans had a, a, an entire war, um, multiple wars. Was the didact this powerful throughout that? Because if he was, like, how would how would the humans have been able to deal with that, and how would they have been able to? You know, well, they were defeated in the end. Um, yeah, but like it took them a millennia to do it. Well, you forget like the ancient humans are not humans now. They were way more advanced. True, they were on a, on the par, That's a good point. if not greater than the um, the forerunners at the mm-hmm. time. It just so far the war of attrition. That when you think about it, humans were fighting a war on two fronts that the forerunners weren't aware of. Yeah. So like, who knows if like there was no flood and humanity went to war with them. But again, that war wouldn't have happened if the flood weren't infecting the the forward planets. And if you take um, away the Didact's armor, like he's just he's flesh and bone inside. Like he doesn't have any inherent telekinesis or, or power other than him just being big, right? Like he's using the power from well, the armor. Yeah, he, he's not there's like a, that combined with. Well, there's that combined with like the what are they called? That rate of. Um, forerunner when they kind of go through their kind of evolution and maturity mm-hmm. they choose what kind of um, path they're going to go yeah. down so he, yeah so he's like a warrior servant so like I imagine he is physically quite very strong too Yeah. even outside of his armor I imagine maybe an armored Spartan and an unarmored Didac are probably equal. Oh, but if yeah. he doesn't have his armor but this is totally he doesn't have guessing, superpowers like, I guess yeah, is what pretty I'm much. saying yeah like it's the armor and the, the and the fact that the armor it's, it's technology yeah, it's the technology it's that technology. gives them those powers. 
Okay. I mean, it's, I, I just wanted to kind of talk through that. That helps me make makes me feel better about the whole encounter. Well, and like, and remember, remember that Didact is the greatest warrior in Forerunner civilization, which means he has the most weapons at his disposal. Mm-hmm. Like his probably, his suit right. has as many weapons at his disposal as he needs. A regular forerunner like teenager, like we see Bornsteller at the beginning of Cryptum, is just a dude. Mm-hmm. He's just a normal dude. Like he doesn't he's even a have a big suit. Dude. Yeah, he doesn't even have a suit at that point. He's just a teenager. Right. Yeah. Good point. Um, any other thoughts on the Cortana chief sendoff, Krista? Cry. Sadness. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, it upset me so much when I first played the game. I was so sad. Yeah. And it's one of those things too where you're like, wait, what? What happened? I need to play that again. Or like, she did. Go to YouTube. Yeah. Why like, she what, did? Where'd she go? What? Wait, that's not supposed to happen. She's not as dead uh, as you think. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, David, anything else before we move on to epilogue? Blue lady dead. Um, I got a lot of. There's a lot of trivia stuff. It. Um, it it's a beautiful sequence. I loved it. I thought it was amazing between John and Cortana. It was like Cortana said, super awkward. It's exactly what you'd expect it to be. Um, Cortana died, and I I like that ending. Um, I never got the sense that she was truly dead, but I liked how it, how they did it. Because that that was uh, a debate, right? Her... So like after the fact, and we'll talk oh, about totally. that yeah, maybe was... in the recap. But that's that's a debate, right? Yeah, is yeah. she dead? Is she not dead? Totally. What's gonna do with Cortana? Um, um yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, well, we got a bunch of stuff in here. Um, at roughly 30 miles, 48.3 kilometers long, the distance from the level's starting point near the top of the ship of the composers near the bottom is actually far shorter than the vessel's canonical height, which is 371 kilometers. So, with, with its size as... Um, this is likely because the ship was not intended to be so large prior to the official establishment of its size, as evidenced by the scale against other vessels in the game's cutscenes. Um, so that's kind of interesting because mm-hmm. no, most times it's all the way around. Like you drive way further than three, four, three is either making is. their ships too small or too big. Fi- yeah, pi- figure so it out, guys. I, that, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> Come on. Um, we kind of talked about the rest. There's no covenant. We're in sub space. Um, the broader sequence is obviously yeah, Star Wars inspired. So the scene actually I thought this was also interesting. The scene which the composer is fired a new phoenix resembles the Naruda attack on Vulcan in Starfleet Academy in the 2009 film Star Trek. Oh, funny. This is the new remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though so the camera angle in the sequence is nearly identical to the establishing shot of the drill platform over San Francisco, uh, although it's mirrored and it can, can and a continuous orange beam fired by the composer and the Naruda also look very similar. So I thought that was kind of cool um, that we have Star Wars and Star Trek kind of yeah. influences kind of there. I mean, these are top billing um, sci-fi. I mean, I'm sure you know we think Halo is a big deal, and I think it is. But um, you know, there's there's kind of these big uh, science behemoths. fiction, yeah, behemoths out there. You know, ours is based in video games, but also has all this other media. But like Star Trek and Star Wars, obviously, are top of mind for everybody else that maybe maybe may or may not play video games. Continue. Anything else, David? Nope. Okay. Um, all right, so let's do some epilogue. Um, we're just gonna roll this in, and then we're gonna be we're gonna end. Well, you know, we still have stuff to do in the episode, but we'll we'll talk about the epilogue, and then we'll we'll do our recap, our Halo Four kind of our overall thoughts, um, which we've you know we've kind of talked about kind of here and there. So maybe it won't be as that, that episode. We'll probably 
rec- you know, harken back to this episode quite a bit. But um, the epilogue, you can't play it, but you, um, it's really just kind of an emotional. I guess the, it starts with an, an, a, a little bit of an emotional meeting between Lasky and Chief. Oh, you forgot when he gets really off of the pelican. Oh, does, like he's depression. That, is that his how it's depression float? Yeah. he's like floating depressed. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. That is how it starts. The pelican picks him okay. up. Okay, so yeah, the pelican picks him up. The big, the big light, um, shining above Earth. Pelican grabs him, um, and then yeah, then they all do the the Spartans all salute him as he walks off. I right? love that. All I mm-hmm. love it's an awesome that. sequence of big music, big moment of John quote-unquote victorious stepping off the pelican and like all of infinity's kind of crew just like saluting and giving him kind of like um i don't know what you call it call it but like an honor yeah it's basically what it is it's cool like it's really cool cool because like you know you know the emotional strife that master chief's going through but this is pretty much the equivalent of a military like hey we did it like rave party (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, they don't show the party, but um, I'm sure there was a party. <laughs> I'm sure there was a party. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then they show Chief staring off into Earth, and then Lasky coming to chat with him. And this is—I th- feel like this scene specifically is one of the reasons that people like Lasky. He's because great. He's, yeah, he shows that he's a human, and he he speaks to the facts. He's so in one sweet. of his dialogue. He's like right. super sweet. Mm-hmm. He speaks to the fact well, that, like, hey, we're, we are, we're all humans, right? Like, it's a cool little line. Well, and, like, to approach the Master Chief, like, I'm sure no one else has the balls to go up to Master Chief and talk to him at all. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. he had, like, to go up to, like, this crazy, like, iconic superhero kind of guy and just try to have a heart-to-heart with him is just incomprehensible for many characters in this series. Yeah. They and, and they did the Four to Dawn, the miniseries slash movie, and so I guess that helps set the stage for why he would feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. Not only is he now the commander of the Infinity, but he has that that special connection. I guess the Chief probably d- completely forgets about. <laughs> um, any but any Lasky, other highlights? Uh, yeah. um, Lasky is made captain. I guess that's kind yeah. of a thing there now. So that's like official. He takes over the Infinity here. Hmm. And I don't know. The sequence is great between Lasky and it's him. It's a great heart um, to heart. Um, especially because like he with the statement of like you say like soldiers' job is to protect humanity, and you said that the way like that soldiers and humanity are two separate right. things. Soldiers are just people too. Soldiers aren't. And that soldiers really aren't machines. Hits home. It's like oh yeah, really hits home, and especially because of something Cortana had said previously mm-hmm. about him being a machine. So I thought that was cool. My favorite yeah. line is, "You don't talk much, do you?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah but also this and he is, doesn't say anything to him the entire time uh he, he, says, inner he says our duty it. as soldiers is to protect humanity whatever the cost is the only thing he okay. says to him that's the only line yeah and this is where he says like i grew up on new harmony and i attended the military academy but never saw earth until i was an adult but i still think mm-hmm. of her as home yep uh and then yeah that machine line is like the like the last line it really hits home too it's like oh oof yeah, I think so. And he says, you know, she said that to me once, which About is cool. And that machine. was a playback. That was, what mission was Two that? Two missions ago. That Not was, too long ago, yeah. That was the composer mission, like okay. right at the beginning. Yep. 
Yeah, and then I do like how they, you know, there is another, there's like an end credit scene too that we'll talk through, which is very good. But um, I like how 343 kind of has their little write-up um, right at the end of this. It fades to black, and then it says, you know, 343 is like, hey, thanks, you, thank you for trusting us with your, you know, the universe you love, which is which is pretty cool. And then we get the best monologue ever. Yeah, D- David, oh, can you add so this monologue to the end of this episode? Because <laughs> it's so good. I can read Just, it yeah. out. I mean, yeah. do it. Okay. I want you to do it. I'll add okay, it to so the end, so set the stage. Glorious. What is what is he saying? Is this when was this? This in the is war? almost this is almost like his lamenting at like why he did what he did just to like if he were. It sounds like this was him on trial and justifying his actions against yeah. humanity like back before he was put yeah. into Krypton. Mm-hmm. Into oh yeah, Krypton. and like, it's a little confusing from a, a I guess a player standpoint because if you don't know all that yeah. lore, like. The video does not match up at all with with what I mean. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a hint at what's going maybe on. Maybe it's assuming that you've you've picked up the. You would have some idea based on the story that was told by the uh, terminals, yeah. where you can see if there you can see humanity fighting the didact going against humanity in like a really vindictive way. Yeah. So you can kind of understand maybe that it was and him being put on trial for it. Yeah. So, Krista, why don't you read the, the uh, monologue, and then we'll describe the video separately okay. afterwards. All right, it's a long one, so buckle up, buckaroos. <laughs> In this hour of victory, we taste only defeat. I ask why. We are forerunners, guardians of all that exist. The roots of the galaxy have grown deep under our careful tending. Where there is life, the wisdom of our countless generations has saturated the soil. Oh, so good. Whoever wrote this is a genius, and I love you. our strength is a luminous sun towards which all intelligence blossoms and the impervious shelter beneath which it has prospered i stand before you accused of the sin of ensuring a forerunner ascendancy of attempting to save us from a fate which we are forced to recede humanity stands as the greatest threat in the galaxy refusing to eradicate them is a fool's gambit we squander eons in the darkness while the they siege our <laughs> triumph seize our triumphs on their own. The mantle of responsibility for all things belongs to forerunners alone. Think of my acts as you will, but do not doubt the reality. The reclamation has begun, and we are hopeless to stop it. Ooh, yeah. this Very is back. Good. This is back when Woo. this was back when Halo was supposed to have like a reclaimer trilogy, and this was supposed to be the first one. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of. Scrap that. <laughs> we don't know what's yeah. going on with that at this point, with the like soft reboot of Halo Infinite and all this stuff going on. So that's because we got the Reclaimer Saga. Chris, Ooh, right. is Infinite? We don't know if Infinite's supposed to be part of that though. They really haven't talked about the Reclaimer Saga since like Halo Five. Well, yeah. if it's a soft reboot, quote unquote, then like it's probably not. Yeah, they're probably doing something. I think else. they're going away from that. They might be. Well, we'll get to yeah. that on our infinite episode, right? You can just fast forward to that. Yeah, just yeah. watch your. If you're listening to this like a year or two from now, just go back. Go back to infinite. Yeah. Just right, listen to exactly. that. Oh my gosh! Did you go? I loved infinite. I loved the part where did <laughs> the thing happen? And Master Chief was all like, "It was really cool." <laughs> exactly. Just fill that He's in all later. Like, get off my lawn. <laughs> All right. All right. Do we want to talk about what so the happened video, in this cutscene? Yeah, the video. And so this is this is why it was unclear to me. Like, like the, I hear the voice of the didact, and he's saying this crazy thing. Um, and then the video shows some 
like a pelican landing down a new phoenix and then some marines or like some medical professionals hop off and they're like testing the, the <laughs> dust. piles of dust Than- i mean <laughs> so direct when I first was the original this, I didn't put it all together. just saying yeah right exactly <laughs> I didn't put all that together. I was just like, what is, okay, all right. I mean, I guess it makes sense if I sat down and thought about it. But I was like, what's going on? Because they don't really dwell on it that much. They just show them, you know, the empty city, um, you know, which makes, it all makes sense now as, as thinking about it. But, like, just kind of watching this tail end cut seems like, what's what's happening? And then, um, and then that's when they show some armor getting taken off at the tail end, right? Yes. Yeah. You see yes. Master Chief kind of walking to the armor bay and like people mm-hmm. stopping and looking at him. It's almost like a march. Because like the last half of the Didax thing is just Chief marching towards the armor stand. Like, yeah. Like an active thing. He's and doing. you see the, all the rows of like thousands of like Spartan force. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All those kind of line, all those different stations. And we. And um, there's a. As, I was just gonna say we haven't really talked about the Spartan Force. I don't think not much. I mean, we're going to talk um, to them in our about them in our uh, Spartan Ops. Yeah, Spartan Ops. Yeah. I mean, we talked about them briefly on the Infinity episode because that's when we first saw them. Yeah, just a just a hint of it, but more or less, humanity <clears throat> figured out a way to enhance humans without putting them through that the process of what the Spartans two went through. Yeah, so they're and using so established soldiers and modifying mm-hmm. them. Veterans. Yeah, yeah. Yep, exactly. Um anything else here, David, as we kind of get towards the end? Um yeah, it's kinda of cool. So all the Spartan fours that appear in the epilogue use recruit and scout armor. During the last cutscene, John is depicted as being roughly two feet taller than Sarah Palmer. Yeah. She's six nine, despite his canonical height of being seven two. As a result, he is too tall to enter the armor assembly <laughs> disassembly station. <laughs> so that's why you see the team of engineers removing his armor manually, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, Paul DeMarco and Carlo Hoyer are both 7-1 and have no trouble using the same machines in the first episode right. of Spartan Ops. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. But I guess they're just trying to make the point that Spartan 2's and Chief is taller than Spartan 4's, generally speaking. Yeah. Do we want to talk about too tall the for legendary the- ending real quick? Yes, so the legendary ending is pretty much identical to this, except at the very, very, very end, um, his when the helmet is removed, it fades to black face. in in any other ending. Mm-hmm. But if it's on legendary, you get you to get see John's like brow, his kind of eyes, and his cheekbones. You get some of his face, and like his eyes are kind of dark and shadowed over. Um, there were some people thinking that this was like. I remember at the time, even Aaron thought it because he's crazy and it's psycho. It's George. (laughs) I was thinking, oh, it's George. He thought that, like, no, he thought, like, the librarian changed John to look more Forerunner. That this was a Forerunner face, almost. Like, something has physically changed in John, which we know now that that isn't true. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was kind of weird. And there was some very weird kind of things of what that scene was showing, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed. To, I never thought it did, but I know I knew where people. I were think it's from, just like unmasking kind of the machine kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, good point. Also, yeah, super just, emotional. Just uh, as an aside, like John's a ginger. Just saying, like when no, they just. Dis- I don't think he is. He's got light brown hair. Are you sure? sure? I'm pretty sure they described yeah. him with fre- like freckly faced, like I think it's because he was young. Yeah, it's just like a reddish brown hair. He's With not a ginger. Bright blue eyes, I think. Mm-hmm. Slightly ginger. He might be a daywalker. <laughs> he might have no soul. I'm just saying. Well, that may be true, actually. Um, yeah, the very cool reveal at the end here. Um, well, we'll just, maybe we'll just leave it at that. 
um, for anything else because maybe there's some stuff in the future that we'll talk about. Who knows? Um, I think we're done. I can hit. I can. We hit did the it, guys. Yeah, I think we're done. Let's do terminal, and then I have a community question. We'll get, and we're we're running kind of long. Yes, uh, I'm just gonna go through this really fast. This is pretty much the librarian putting her husband in super timeout. Like yeah, this is right. the biggest timeout ever. You know, she shoots him twice, pretty much knocks him out, drags him to a planet, and throws him in there for like a hundred thousand years. So the biggest mm-hmm. timeout ever. Um, her dialogue's really cool. You know, she's like, yeah. I understand you more than, you know, so anyone else will understand you, you know, kind of that stuff, more than you could under- ever understand yourself. Um, she it's, she talks about how they're caretakers of the galaxy, how the halo rings are going to fire, um, how she's worked to index all of the species in the galaxy, and, you know, once the time comes, the galaxy will grow and bloom again, and it'll be full of life. Um, she wants him to meditate on his choices, and... When she when he awakes, he'll find humans. She's assured us that we are going to be the rightful heirs of the mantle, and that when he awakes, he should you know try to befriend us and teach us and learn from us, and we can learn from him, kind of thing. Like that whole kind of harmony. Like what a cryptum's supposed to do is like it's supposed to preserve the body. It's like a it's pretty much cryo, but mm-hmm. you're awake the entire time. Like, you're not going to sleep, you can kind of, it's more of a meditative state. So you're still half conscious, but, like, not completely conscious. And what it's supposed to do is he's supposed to be able to access the domain and kind of, like, go over everything. When the halos fired, the domain was, uh, got got an ouchie, so it doesn't work. (laughs) It works, but it doesn't work to the same capacity. Like, humans were supposed to find the domain and kind of, like, revitalize it or something like that. Like, the domain mm-hmm. is reactivated, but it's not fully reactivated, which is why all the terminals are looking for the domain, and the Didact was pretty much stranded without the domain all this time, which kind of made him crazy. Super crazy man. I mean, it'd be like sitting around without the internet. It's pretty bad. Yeah, without a deck of cards or anything? Come <laughs> no, on. yeah, it's like, come on. Librarian didn't leave me anything. There's not even solitaire on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> no magazine, no toilet. But um, some of my favorite uh, scenes from this is, you know, her putting the Didact in... Her turning all the orange Prometheans to blue because they're hers now, and kind of mm-hmm. that's her recoding them and telling them to guard him and make sure no one no one comes after him instead of murder. <laughs> I guess was what the didact wanted Straight them to up do. Murder. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite line from her in this is, oh gosh, where is it? Uh, Civilizations will rise in our stead, and our job as caretakers will at last bear fruit. Until then, I leave you here, my love. The only living thing in this galaxy, sealed safely away. Mm-hmm. It's good. it's really good. It's very nice. If you know, if you know, you kind of see this a little bit in the books, so you kind of know what's going on. But it's really nice to see it with the librarian kind of recounting how she's feeling about all of this and stuff. So, well, super she cool. says, "My love," which means she doesn't. She still hate loves him. him. She still calls him her right. husband, even though technically, right now, she has two husbands. It's very confusing. Mm. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> But she obviously still has a lot of love for him, or else she would have just murdered him and yeah. not put him in a cryptum. Good point. Good point. Terminal cool. ends. Terminal done. All <laughs> of the background knowledge you need. Yay! Really. Most of but it, at least. I think for for this game to make sense, that you need This those. is the minimal amount of knowledge. Yeah. 
But uh, in the meantime, you know, feel free to read those four, Forerunner books, as we've mentioned. Read them. Good stuff. It's worth it. it. I promise. All right, let's do some community. And David, how's Yo. Facebook doing? Facebook's doing really good. Got some good Facebooks. So, Colin Perkins created a poll. The admin, August 21st at 3.37 p.m. Was the Didact too powerful in Halo 4? Explain. Question for Mission Debrief Halo 4 Midnight Mission. A lot of a lot of people said no. I did a poll. 16. What was it? Okay. Yeah, you did a poll. And a few people, about six, said yes. And we had a few comments. So, Matt says no, he was physically superior in power and tech, yes. But his arrogance and underestimation of John tipped the scales in humanity's favor. While a little help from our blue AI friend. Uh, Tyler says, I agree. The Didact may have been, may have had better technology, but didn't account for John's luck and Cortana's creativity. Uh, Tim says, uh, considering that we kill uh, kill hundreds of Prometheans, I don't think it makes sense that we can't touch the Didact. I'm also not sure I understand why he has telekinesis. Yeah, this is kind of yeah. what we said. And Patrick says, not to mention the countless years he spent awake in the prison probably made him a wee bit mental and gave him ample time to grow in power. Um, I don't think he grows in power, but there's, yeah, there's some kind of discussions there around that. So, Didax is almost like a god and the forerunner tech is far more advanced than humans, so no, not overpowered. Uh, says Lucas. Alan says, uh, like them above, I'm not sure I understand why the Dalek has telekinesis, didn't finish for a trilogy of books. Okay. Aside from that, here being very stronger than John, I understand that account of his su- species superior armor. And uh, pretty much everyone has it down to tech, pretty much. Uh, AJ says, yep, he basically is another super strong super villain who could crush Chief by sneezing and just simply underestimated the heroes, making a generic 99.9% success rate. Okay. Uh, Lucas says, okay, I really hate that people complain that the Dialect has some form of telekinesis. Literally everything in the Forerunner has built with some kind of element of gravity manipulation. So him having some sort of gravity manipulation device isn't very far-fetched. Tartar's gravity hammer in Halo 2, the Fisk of Rot is a very similar power, just more basic. Well said, Lucas. There we go. Cool. That's the now we're going Discord. to the fun place, yeah? <laughs> Discord. Uh, was the Dialect too powerful in Halo 4? Explain. Uh, so we got four yeses and 14 noes. <laughs> ha. More Facebooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Matt re... But most people said yeah. no, anyway. But it seemed, seemed So Matt Rebanished says, in my opinion, he wasn't too powerful. He was, a ra- he was rather an annoying presence during the game. But the end was kind of a letdown. I was expecting annoying. a battle similar to Tartarus and got Alan Wake. Oof. Uh, the almost as cool Colin... <laughs> I'm sure it's your favorite person. Great. Great name. <laughs> I'm not sure if he's too powerful, but it would be nice if they explained how this dude trapped in a dodgeball has force powers. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, third says, he seems appropriately OP to me. I mean, he's uh, he's he's meant to represent this ancient, nigh, all-powerful race. However, he does seem foolish for not killing Chief whenever he gets the chance. Agreed. Uh, UNSC Brexit. Very great name of the <laughs> ship says, uh, this is kind of a hard question to answer. We can't tell how tough he is because all we did was press a specific set of buttons. Axif <laughs> um, yeah. says uh, he was portrayed as very power, a very powerful being. His only weakness, his arrogance not to terminate the chief immediately. Uh, these are things about him I found straight up dumb. <laughs> but that's not the point of the question, lol. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Mick Mumbles says, uh, he was definitely a threat and Chief was right to fear him. But to the mighty, the mighty button prompt, he was just another number, just another victim. John was just lucky at the time. His interests aligned with the button prompt, but he may, might not be so lucky forever. Those button prompts <laughs> might get John one day. We never know. That's true. Uh, Matthew <laughs> says, uh, was the didact too powerful? Hmm. In my honest opinion, yes and no. Yes, he was way overpowered <laughs> because there was absolutely no way Chief could ever touch him. No, because he was taken out by such a weak grenade. I get that because he is a forerunner leader. He should be way more powerful. But I would have just taken away his telekinetic powers. Mm -hmm. I think that would just have solved my problem with his overall power. Yeah. Uh, and finally, we have Mohammed. He says, in my opinion, he was extremely powerful. Not only did he, he have the most advanced technology in his possession, he had the... Ooh, the effing mantle. Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he had the mantle's approach, with an ex which is an extremely large ship. Of course, the arrogance play part plays a part in his defeat. So his arrogance mm -hmm. is his downfall. And Chief's faith in his friends is his. Right. Cool. Is that it? <laughs> that it? Yeah, it's, it's done. Discord cool. done. All right. Uh, one th one thought I had. Uh, I know we're we're gonna close the show here, but how weird would it be to be in New Phoenix, or at least like coming to New Phoenix after everybody's been, you know, Thanos snapped, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dead. Just bizarre. Just bizarre. Just empty, empty place. Um, all right. So I'm, we're gonna close the show, but here's a recap of where we're at. Cortana's gone. The didact fell into slip space, and John is now naked. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I like where the universe leaves off. Yeah. I love this. Right, exactly. I wish Lots it would just questions. stay like this. Lots of questions. All right, that'll do it for a debriefing of the Midnight Mission and the epilogue from Halo 4. On the next episode, we'll be recapping Halo 4. Send us your thoughts at podcastevolved at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at podcastevolved on Twitter. You can also support the show by visiting Podcast Evolved on Patreon. Until next time, Evolved. 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 Oh, that was a long one.